1: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short Your routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. All
0: right, y'all. For the very first time ever on Reception Perception, the show, we actually welcome in a guest. Brian Baldinger played in the NFL for a decade. He's been an NFL analyst for TV and radio for the past two-plus decades. My man is an absolute workhorse. He's a machine, and you probably know him online for the Baldy Breakdowns. We're talking about Brian Baldinger and his In the Huddle podcast he and his co-host, Jason Lockin for are going to be hosting the Odyssey NFL Draft Show on Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be streaming it live on the Odyssey app and Odyssey Sports YouTube page as well. Baldy, did you know that you are a very first guest on the program ever?
2: I mean, I, I know that now. But uh, you know, I've just been for the invitation, so here it is. Let's talk some wide receivers. Let's talk some NFL draft. Let's talk football.
1: Hell yeah, man! I- I'm excited to-, to do this, Baldy. You know, for me, I'm I'm constantly charting and-, and watching the tape on these wide receivers, and you know, especially for for this class, man. It's it's an interesting group. Um, I kind of have more of like a- a-, a a wide view question for you first before we get specific on players. When you and I think there are so many examples in this year's class of kind of these um, these Looney Tunes college offenses that make it really tough to yeah. to like transition to the program. You know, I'm thinking about these Tennessee wide receivers for for people who aren't familiar with the college game and how it it differs between the NFL game what are some of the things that you see for these Saturday wide receivers that, that, that like translatable reps that you're looking for when we're actually trying to get like good reps for guys when we're trying to transition into the NFL?
2: Well, I mean, if you're watching, I mean, just Josh Heupel's offense at Tennessee, I mean, it reminds me a lot of Art Briles back when he was at Baylor and, you know, the receivers are lined up outside the numbers. Um, you know, one side of the field is, is a go. The other side is just resting. Um, Chip Kelly did some of the same stuff, you know, at Oregon, brought it to Philadelphia. It could be effective, but I mean, honestly, if you're Jalen Hyatt and you're the go side, I mean, the other side, like they're just, they don't even go off the line of scrimmage, you know, and yeah. it's, up, it's, up, it's tempo, it's tempo, it's tempo. Um, Tennessee isn't as much as a Big 12 offense where you have inside receivers, outside receivers, inside slot, outside. You literally have a different coach. Coaching the inside slot receivers versus the outside outside. You know, so it's just, you know, I mean, you don't get that. I mean, if you're uh Stefan Diggs, you're all over the place looking for matchup yeah. If you're Devontae Adams, like you could line up anywhere on the field, you know, looking for a matchup, you know, three by one uh in the slot, you could be running switch routes to the outside. I mean, that's NFL. You Cooper Cup, you could line up anywhere, you know, with the Rams. So you know, these, these college offenses, because of the playing at the tempo a lot of them are playing at, they don't do that. And so it's much more simplified. And so, you know, you, you have to ask yourself, some of these guys, like, what level route tree can they run? Because right. I know, you know, if you're at Tennessee, you're running stops and goes. Okay. But, that, you know, that's that's a limited – it's a limited tree. You know, and I'm not knocking, you know, hot to Tennessee. They beat Alabama this year with that offense. So, yeah. It, you know, you, you look. I understand. I, I played for Steve Spurrier at Duke. Like we, you know, our passing game, we were you know further advanced than Clemson and Tennessee. We we beat those teams when I was there. But you know, um, the, the passing game is the equalizer in college football. If you don't have trenches built like Georgia and Alabama, and this right. is how Tennessee and some of these other teams can compete.
0: Kind of piggybacking on that, Baldy, what are some real specific traits you look for? Because, again, not all offenses are built equal, as Matt Harmon uh, indicates. And some of these offenses, like he suggested, and you're, you're talking about at Tennessee, it, it's just you just can't. I mean, you literally cannot run some of the stuff that they have at Tennessee and TCU. Right. So what are some traits?
2: Well, you know, you're trying to find out, you know, if they go up against a good corner, can they beat a good corner? You know, if, and will they press them? You know, I mean, a lot of these corners are just off the ball corners, you know, in right. various schools. And but, you know, sometimes you go up against school that likes to press at the line of scrimmage. How do you get off the press? How do you get off the bump? Um, what do you do? Like, can we see a release? Can you stack a corner? Um, you know, can you get the corner to, you know, ro- turn his hips and then beat him? Like you're looking for the releases because the release is just about everything in the NFL when you're going up against, you know, elite corners in this business. So that's one thing. How do they track a deep ball? You know, like some of these guys, you know, I mean, it's just hit or miss where they can catch a deep ball and how they track it. You know, do they have to keep looking back for the ball the whole way? Or can they see the flight of the ball and just dig and go get it and then put their hands out like a Devontae Adams and catch it? So I'm I'm looking for some of that. Um, Route running, like, look, there's certain traits that make Justin Jefferson a great route runner. And there's some, some of those guys in this draft. And then there's guys that aren't great route runners, but are great receivers. So Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to be a great route runner to be, you know, a great receiver. Amari Cooper is a great route runner, always has been. Uh, He takes a lot of pride in being a router. You know, some quarterbacks, you know, haven't been real good with him um, because they're not patient enough with him. You know, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be a good receiver in this business.
1: It's interesting when we talk, especially the the quarterback wide receiver relationship, you know, because some of these guys like spending so much time with wide receivers are inherently spending so much time with quarterbacks. And, you know, I mean Jared Goff and Cooper Cup, I always come back to that connection that he loved to just see it and throw it. And Cup being so good on these short to intermediate routes, it was always such a good relationship there. But um, you brought up Justin Jefferson and, and and sort of the traits that make him a a great route runner a great receiver on the outside in the nfl despite being kind of almost exclusive slot receiver his final year at lsu do you see any of that same stuff with jackson smith and jigba who's i know your top rated receiver he's my top rated receiver in this class as well an almost exclusive guy in the slot at ohio state but i think he shows you some of the man coverage um, ability to to win as a potential flanker receiver at least on the outside
2: Yeah, I mean, look, Justin Jefferson, you know, his last year, he was in a slot because there was Jamar Chase on the outside, you know. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, they they had the best receiver in college football playing outside. You know, it's a mistake the Eagles made, quite frankly. They thought that Justin Jefferson was a slot receiver, you know, not knowing that, you know, the year before. I mean, they knew, but the year before, he played outside. So, like, I don't see, honestly, I don't see Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase in this draft. Um, It's just, I I just don't see it. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like, I want to, Make him my number one. But, you know, look, I watched him against Toledo. He ran an out route in the third week of the season. He didn't play, get on the field the rest of the year. You know, he played 60 snaps. Like, even in the first game against Notre Dame, you can see Marvin Harrison was already the number one receiver. Now, he might just be that good. I mean, if Marvin was in his draft, would he be Jamar Chase? He might. Like, we got to see, you know, another year. But look, Jackson Smith and Jigba, 2021, exclusively in the slot. Look, you got Garrett Wilson, you got Olave. You know, you got these guys. He lived in a slot. He had 1,600 yards. Um, can I? Can he play outside? This, outside? Yeah, he can. It looks like his best football so far has been in the slot. Um, it's kind of the slot receiver draft, honestly. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what it, the, the strength of it looks like. But that's, you know, that's the question that a lot of these teams, probably starting with Chicago at number nine, is the injury a factor? Like, is this something we got to contend with? Like you can't get healthy and back on the field in 12 weeks. Um, these are some of the question marks around him. But you know, uh, his route running and how he won from the slot, and do I think he could play outside? Yeah, I think he's got the size to do it, and you know, the the suddenness and all that stuff that you're looking for.
0: All right, so your top five uh, after listening to the uh, to the podcast, the in the huddle podcast. Of course, you can find that wherever you find your podcast. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers is your rough, uh, you know, top four guys there. Uh, give me a receiver who you think could get over drafted and or has the most downside risk.
2: Look, I mean, Quentin Johnson. I mean, Quentin Johnston looks like he's a true ex receiver. You can put him out there against the number one corner opposite the tight end, and you could let him run go routes. Uh, you know, he can run every route. I mean, he shallow crosses the whole thing. But, you know, jump balls, go routes. I mean, that's his specialty. I mean, he plays the ball in the air really well. He's got a big frame. He's got long arms. You know, his, he's, he's had some drops. you got to say, okay, why does he drop a pass when he does? I mean, is it his hands? Is it concentration? Is it being contacted? Is it a contested ball thing? Like, you have to answer those questions. So that's a guy that, like, I, I want to love because I see against Michigan, you know, catching a five-yard shallow crossing and making a house call. You right. know, like he can just open up. I see him down the middle of the field in the Big 12, and he could just jump, you know, in the middle of the field in front of free safety and just go make these body catches that look acrobatic. You know, kind of what you have to be able to do you know, when you, you make these kind of throws down the middle of the field in the NFL. There's going to be a free safety back there contending with you. You know, it could be Minka. It could be Javon Holland. There's a free safety back there waiting to go get it. And I've seen A.J. Brown go jump right in front of Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, for <laughs> touchdowns this year. Right. Like, I don't have any doubt that A.J. is that kind of animal. Like, I think Quinton like has to sort of still prove that he could be that type of animal to us
1: yeah there's always the things we don't know about players unless you you know are with them unless you're in the facility you spend time with them it's like not to to come back to the cliche but like how much dog does he have in him right like how (laughs) much how much is he gonna especially transitioning from some of these simple route trees to maybe the more full route tree? even though teams can be flexible how much are you gonna work at it i mean we all have days where we don't want to push 100 percent but are you going to do that to become the best thing that you could possibly be and i think Johnson has so much potential to be that guy. Um, and even though it's still Baldy, sometimes I sit there and think, like, listen, if he even just becomes a guy who's going to run deep overs, he's going to run go routes, and maybe that simplified route, you like, maybe he never lives up to his, quote, draft pedigree, but he could still be a very useful player in the NFL. It's just that range, I agree with you, can be, can be interesting.
2: Well, I mean, look, I mean, the number one receiver in the draft last year, and he had a good season, uh, it was Drake London and we saw Drake's size um, you know he looks like that guy you know in Atlanta now we'll see the development and all this kind of stuff but you know he he flashed this year you know Drake is is that six foot five X receiver that you're looking for that you know can run those routes on the outside that can beat man coverage that can use his size to his advantage that has after after the catch type of um you know a, a breakaway ability all that stuff you know like There's a reason why he was, you know, the number one receiver taken last year. And I don't know that Quinton is Drake yet or can be. It needs to be seen. Yeah.
0: Quentin Johnson, 6'3", 210, ran a 4'5", and has a very interesting 40 inch vertical. And in a draft full of small guys <laughs> for teams looking for that size speed combination, man, Quentin Johnson's going to get an awfully long look. But uh, Baldy, who's a, again, uh, it could be from this list. It can be, you know, a guy we haven't talked about yet, but give me a dark horse receiver that you think could surprise and outperform draft capital.
2: You know, you you can take Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison to a degree, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. You can look at some of these guys and go, "Are they all the same guy?" Now, Zay is five foot nine. You know, Steve Smith, senior, who I respect as much as anybody, evaluating this stuff says he can play outside. He reminds him of himself. He's got that dog. But you know, in in this cluster, like, is Josh Downs as good as Jordan Addison? You know, when I watch Josh Downs run routes in North Carolina, like. He looks as good as anybody, you know, like he just looks like a guy. Now I know with Sam Howell, you know, look, he's had some good quarterbacks, Um, but he looks like a guy, he looks like all these guys, like put him in the slot, let him go to work. Like he looks like he understands um, spacing. He understands how to beat man coverage. He knows how to separate. He's a good, he knows how to set guys up. But is there a big difference between Josh Downs and Jordan Addison or save flowers? I don't think there's a big difference.
1: I'm so glad you said that. I'm doing the, the fist pump over here, Baldy, because uh number one, <laughs> I have these no, I want to have all these guys in the same tier. I have Josh Downs in the same tier rankings wise as Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. And, you know, for the stuff I do for reception perception, charting all the routes and how often they get open, he has the best success rate versus man coverage in in the class for me because of that ability, like you said, to set guys up to win at all three levels. Um yeah, maybe is he a slot only player? I, I Maybe, but I think these guys, Flowers and Addison, might be better from the slot. And Yeah, Downs' ability to win, I, win contested catches, win 50-50 balls, win in tight coverage despite being the smallest guy among this group is so impressive. I I, I could easily see him being just as good as Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. And that's not to say – and I like those players. That's no disrespect to those guys. It's just I think Downs is is that good from a route-running perspective. Well,
2: I mean, look, if, if I was in somebody's war room and we're looking – for receiver, whether, you know, it's a a specific, you know, slot or your Z or whatever you're looking for. Like I, I, you know, if I'm the GM, I want my area scouts and guys that have studied these guys and gone to the colleges and been on the field game day and watched them warm up and all the stuff. I want them to tell me why Josh Downs isn't as good, if not a better prospect than Jordan Addison. Why isn't he thought of in the same caliber as a flowers? Like just, pitch him to me, like, just give it to Mm -hmm. me, you know, stand up in front of the room and pitch me Josh Downs. Like, I just want to hear it, you know, and and put the, and put the the plays up there. Let me see them because that's kind of what I see. And that's why to me, like, I don't see this being a rich draft in receivers because you can't really, because everybody is slotting these guys different for different variables, but you can't just say in this draft like Garrett Wilson to me was elite last year. Like, his body control reminded me of of Devontae Adams. And it it proved to be true this year. Like, his ability just to adjust to the ball continuously looked elite. Drake London's size looked elite. Like, it it didn't surprise me that they were both top ten picks. The Jets felt like they got the best receiver in the draft. The Falcons felt like they got the best receiver in the draft. Like, it won't surprise me if I don't see one of these guys taken in the top 15. It just won't surprise me.
1: Right. And Olave too, like was an elite route runner for a collegiate player. And he had a great season as well. Like we just don't, there's not a guy. And I think James and I are the same page as you on this one, that there's not a guy in this class that I think profiles as, yeah, like a top 10 pick, like a, somebody who could have a Garrett, even as much as we like Jackson Smith and Jigba, a guy who might not have like the Garrett Wilson, like potential superstar I think type ceiling down the road.
2: Well, look, if Jackson, you know, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba backed up 2021 with the year this year. You're like it'd be a slam dunk, but I, yeah. Like, as much as I like them, and I like them, but to not get back on the field, like, I got to know something about the medical, you know, and just what kept them on the sidelines. I I can't have mm-hmm. like there's nothing that will frustrate a head coach in the NFL more than a guy with a hamstring injury, a soft tissue injury. That I'm not saying they're all preventable, but why is a guy missing that much time with a soft tissue injury? Like, I, you know, it, it, it's a concern.
0: Yeah, no doubt yeah, about it. Jackson Smith nice. and Jigba is an interesting prospect to me as well, just because of uh he's 6'1, 196, but not a great athlete. You know, I know he's he looked he had that suddenness about him um on the field, but running a four five three with a thirty-five inch vertical, I think that gives me a little bit of pause as well. But you talk about the upside in twenty twenty one, at the Rose Bowl, the guy had fifteen catches for 347 yards with three touchdowns. That's the kind of upside you're getting with JS and Baldy.